to introduce somebody real special to me to y'all. For 30 plus years, this man has been uh, a friend, a teacher, and a mentor to me, and uh, taught me more than he knows that he's taught me. He taught me everything I know about what a cowboy was, and uh, even more about what being a man was. And uh, for years, he would call me at four o'clock in the morning and say, get up, boy, we're going to work. And he'd make me go roofing with him for a time he owned a roofing company. And he'd force me to go put roofs on and uh, work me like a Hebrew slave and uh, taught me that I did not ever want to be a roofer for a living. And uh, I didn't talk, I just listened and I would say, yes, sir, or no, sir. And that was pretty much what I said. And, uh, but as the years go by, I listened to all these stories and all these things he told me. Uh, when I got old enough, I realized <laughs> he wasn't just talking, he was teaching. And uh, he's a blessing to me. And uh, I'm thrilled to have him here to preach to us. Y'all give a Caney Creek Cowboy Church welcome to my friend Bob Kidd. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God's good all the time. Boy, I hope Todd didn't lay it on too thick. I love that boy when he was still hanging on to his mama. Been a long time. I don't remember just exactly when we met, but it was 30 some odd years ago. such a privilege to preach the Word of God, but it's such an honor, <coughs> forgive me if I get a little emotional here, <coughs> to be able to stand in a man's pulpit that I've never met on the strength of my friend's recommendation, I say, and probably the Lord had a little something to do with it. <coughs> I'm going to lead into the message by way of testimony all my life all I wanted to be was a cowboy and due to circumstances and maybe some poor decisions I ended up doing a lot of other things when I was about 60 years old I thought if I'd gather me up a bunch of little old common heifers and buy me a good bull by the time I was 65 I might have 45 or 50 or more cows and I'd retire out into the country and so to speak not retire but go out there and fix fence bale hay and watch them cows and Maybe do a little team roping still. <coughs> but uh, God come along and sold my cows and he gave me a wife. And <laughs> well, I wish I had time to tell these stories. I could tell stories up here at about four or five o'clock. <laughs> but, but, then, uh, but then he put something in my heart about going out and doing something. I, Listen, if you want to do something for God and you're sitting there in your pew and uh, I've heard all early part of my Christian life all you had to do is be available and I sat there for 20 years being available and nobody ever called my name and I thought, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? And then I found out to be available and the preacher says, hey, I need somebody to clean the toilets. You stick up your hand and say, I'm available. And then he let me mow the grass for two or three years. 
And then one day I went to him and told him I wanted to get involved in something else, and he sent me into, I'm really in a jail ministry. I work four days a week in a jail, and, and I started seven years ago, and, uh, and, and the will of God is what I want to preach on because if there's anything that I'd rather do than preach the word of God, it'd be the cowboy. But God changed my want-tos, and he made me like it. That's the good part about it. At the church where I attend, we have a 7.30 prayer meeting every Sunday morning, and Brother Gary Smith sits down on one end of the pew or is down there on his knees crying out to God, saying, God, raise up somebody that will say, Thus saith the Lord, and I'm on the other end saying, Lord, I'd like to be that man. I got a little late start, so I'm going to have to run fast. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Is there a back door here? Somebody said, somebody said they got it nailed shut. But I'll tell you what, I walked in the front door, I'll walk out the front door. I'm not ashamed of what God made out of me. I want to, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about something that bothered me those first uh, years. The reason I used that testimony for a, a lead into this message is, is, is uh, I want to know what the will of God in my life is. Anybody in here want to know what the will of God is for their life? Sure you do. Sure you do. The verse I want to uh, preach out of is uh, 17, Ephesians 5, 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, I wondered, what did God, uh, what is the will of, thank you, son. What is the will of God for my life? You know, and I went around asking myself and, and looking and even got discouraged. Got away from God for a while and, and God got a hold of my heart and said, son, you better be careful. You think I haven't been faithful, but you're the one that's not faithful. I'm the one that is, and he, uh, and he uh, began to show me some things. And, and so uh, I'm going to try to bring you just a little bit of a message on, on some of the things that the will of God certainly won't be able to cover them all. But uh, <clears throat> the will of God uh, is revealed in, uh, in the Bible. But anyway, the secret, there's two wills I want to talk about. The one I'm just going to mention is the secret will of God once you're saved. Once you're saved, then God may put a call on your life like he did on Todd's to go out and sing gospel songs and see people get saved and a call on different people's lives like Brother Mark and these different ones that started this church and so on and so forth. That's a, that's a, 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 a will that God will reveal to you and he'll give you peace in your heart and it really doesn't matter a whole lot what other people say because you know you're walking in the direction that God wants you to walk and if it hair lips the well, I better not say that, but if it hair lips somebody, <clears throat> so be it. So be it. I want to really talk to you about the revealed will of God. It says uh, uh, it's unwise. Unwise is a word, uh, apron is a Greek word. It's a mindless and unbelieving. It's a foolish thing. It's foolish. The word of God is, uh, the will of God is found in the word of God. And to know it, you must know the word of God. We must spend, uh, we must read it and study it, memorize it and obey it. Listen. I heard uh, a quote from Billy Graham some time ago that one thing he wished he had done when he was younger was memorize more scripture. Thirty-seven and a half years I've been saved, and I have, I have um, come to without any doubt that God is always there. He's always got all you need, and he's always on time. We just must give ourselves to him. We, we, we spend years of studying medicine and business and engineering and all kinds of things 
Uh, we invest times in books. We attend lectures. We spend money on self-help. We apply our mind to worldly things. And in reality, we know very little about the Word of God, the very thing that will carry us to heaven. Now, listen, I want to stop there. I, I have a habit of chasing rabbits. But there's uh, two deadlines. There's two deadlines. A lot of young people think they've got plenty of time to get saved because they got till they die. Well, that may be, but you may die tomorrow, but that's not. There is another deadline, and if the rapture happens, and after you walk out of here, if you don't know how to be saved, then I've sure done a poor job. But if you know how to be saved and you haven't accepted Christ, when the rapture happens, the Bible says that God's going to allow your mind to be given over to the delusion of the Antichrist, and you'll never believe the truth again. I got a message about that. I, do, I, uh, I kicked it around, and God said, no, we'll just do this, and, and I don't want to get too super spiritual here because, because uh, I'm not super spiritual. We spend a little or no time or no effort. And uh, in Philippians 3.10, it, it tells us that it, Paul says that I may know him. Let's just turn over there if you, Philippians 3.10. Read it right out of the Bible. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering <clears throat> being made conformable unto his death that by any means I might attend unto the resurrection of the dead. And goes on to talk about the one thing he does, putting those things behind. Uh, to know him, we must make a decision. You must make a commitment every day when you get up in the morning. The first thought off your mind ought to be that, hey, this is the day I'm going to give to the Lord. If you're, uh, if you're out there uh, gathering in some cows, gathering cows for the Lord. If you're out there laying bricks, lay a few bricks for the Lord. Do whatever you can. You do it as unto the Lord. Now, the first, the first will of God I want to bring out, and the point is, is being saved. That's the first will of God. I believe that he'd have everybody to be saved. In Matthew 18, 11 and Luke 19, 10, he said that he came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. Listen, you're a sinner. If you don't know you're a sinner, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. We must know who God is. We must know uh, how he came about and all of those things, born of a virgin and so on and so forth. But if you haven't seen yourself a sinner, then you, don't, you, you, you haven't been there yet. You haven't been there yet. If, if you uh, gave, uh, gave a, a prayer or, or something to God and there was no change in your life, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. I used to beat around the bush, but there's no change in your life. You didn't get it. If you don't want to tell somebody about Jesus, you didn't get it. If you don't want to, if you don't want to do something for Jesus, you just didn't get it. It's not all right there. When I got saved, why my cusser disappeared the very minute I said okay to Jesus. About two weeks later, he took a 23-year habit of smoking, and I haven't wanted to smoke in 37 and a half years now. Now I say that to say those were just some some things. All through these years, there's been other things, other things. Our attitude, uh, our thought life, how we treat other people. How we treat other people, being humble, uh, and going on. Uh, and and uh, John 3.16, everybody knows John 3.16. Whosoever will can come to Christ. For God gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Philippians 2.12 says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And we're not talking about being scared as I was when I walked up here a minute ago. I'm talking about fear and not being able to please God. Not being able to please God, I'm talking about a holy fear, a set-aside fear. Set-aside fear. And then you must submit. You must submit. Uh, when I was putting this message together, I couldn't figure out whether I was preach submit first or sal uh, uh, salvation first, but, <clears throat> but <laughs> they go together because if you don't submit, you can't get saved. And in uh, 
Philippi, in uh, James 4, 7, in James 4, 7, it says, uh, um, all of a sudden I can't think of the first word. Let's just turn over there. Yeah, one thing I love to hear them pages turn. Four seven. Submit yourselves therefore unto the Lord. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I've heard many preachers say resist the devil and he'll flee, but he won't. You, he, he's not as scared of you. Now he can't do anything to you that, that you don't let him, but he can scare you into, talk you into, show you bright lights. He can show you all kinds of fancy belt buckles and fancy cowboy boots and nice clothes and all that kind of stuff, and cowboy Cadillacs. I've had uh, all of them kind of things. When Todd and I met, I had 30-some-odd shirts, nine pair of blue jeans. Never wore nothing but blue jeans. I think I had nine or ten pair of boots and six or seven hats. And my, I took my blue jeans over to the cleaners, and I backed my truck up there, and we laid them out at like boards, stand them up in the corner. Yeah, man. Uh, my shirts, they were just ready to slide your arms in, you know. And so... And so I, I had it up to here, and, uh, and when I went to them ropers, I heard them say, well, here comes old added money. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we must submit. Listen, we must submit to God because when we submit to God, we bow down either on our knees or symbolically we're walking down the street, and that leaves uh, the devil face to face with God, and the devil will never bow down. Howbeit, if he would, he'd have got saved, but he won't. And so uh, uh, he can't stand the presence of God, and so God will drive him off from you. And that's the, a part of the meaning of that verse. In John 12, 26, oops, I'm sorry, I'm ahead of myself. In Hebrews 13, 17, if you want to turn over there. Hebrews 13, 17. 13, 17, you need to submit to Brother Mark. If you can't submit to Brother Mark, and, and I, I'm going to take a liberty here. If you can't submit to him, go find another church where you can. You submit. I submit, I come under the authority of my local pastor. I wouldn't be here if my local pastor hadn't agreed uh, with me to come here. He's never stood in my way, and he never will. But, uh, but I'm under a local pastor. Now, he didn't call himself to be my, my uh, boss, but I put myself underneath him, and you should put yourself underneath Brother Grimes. We must submit to a lot of things. I don't have time to cover all of the things here, but... In 1317 of Hebrews, it says, Obey them that have rule over you. That's just what I preached. And submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls. Boy, I'll tell you what, I, I just know in my heart that Brother Mark is this kind of a man. You don't know half of the things that he does uh, on your behalf in prayer and, 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 and seek, seeking God. Uh, 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 just, just the things that they do that we don't know about. It says it because they watch over your souls as they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for this is unprofitable to you. And you'll know if he's doing it with joy. I know, you know, you know whether he's doing it with joy. And then in First Peter, if you want to just turn over there, I wasn't going to try to do this, but I about got booed out of the pulpit there when I was just going to try to quote the verse anyway. So we might as well go see what the Bible says, huh? First Peter, First Peter chapter 2. Verses 13 and 14 says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or as to governors, as unto the, them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. And it goes on, but I'm going to tell you what, we need to, we, we need to submit to our government. I don't really care about our president. 
I prayed for him to get saved. Yeah, that's about as far as I can go with him. But that's, uh, that, we, we must submit. God puts up kings. God puts down kings. God puts up presidents. He puts down presidents. It's God. God, hey, listen, we got just what we deserve. Not necessarily you and me, but as a nation, we're getting just what this nation uh, <coughs> deserves. I intended to say this a little bit earlier, but there's so much easy believism. Just think good and it'll feel good. That's not what my Bible says. We'll get to those in just a minute. Listen, if you're going through this life and everything is a roly-poly and everything's great, uh, you're you're not following the same, you're following one of them little g-gods because it's not going to be easy. We suffer. Uh, Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Anyway, the next thing I want to point out is service. In uh, Romans 12, chapter chapter 12, verses 1 and true, most of us know them. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is that good and perfect, acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, we need to submit ourselves to God every day. I was preaching a star of hope about, oh, seven, eight months ago, and about halfway through the message, I said, you know, God's not number one. I thought they, I thought they was going to ride me out, out of there for, because they get a lot of number one. But God's not number one, folks. He's the only one. He's the only one. He's the only one. You know who number one? My number one sitting down there, but he's the only one. And then come the rest of the folks. The rest of the folks. We reach out to those that don't know us. We reach out to those that, <coughs> that, that are down and out. You say, preacher, where, where do we come in? Just forget about yourself. Just let mercy and goodness follow you all the days of your life, Psalms 23. Uh, you, uh, you follow after God. You do what God says. You get so involved in other people's problems. God will take care of you. He knows what you need. And I, I, I listened to a fellow talk about it, and I sure did like it, about how he throws out them supplemental blessings, things that we don't even need, things that we'd like to have. He just gives you a life. Just serve him. He'll let you have anything in this world that won't hurt you. So if you're not getting what you, uh, what you uh, think God ought to give you, you ought to think it over again because the reason he's holding it either is time for you to have it or it's going to hurt you in the end. It's going to hurt you in the end. Now, the third will of God, we need to be saved. And in order to do that, we need to submit. And when you've done these things, you're going to want to serve. And I'm, I'm telling you, folks, if you don't want to serve, you, you just didn't get it. And uh, John 12, 26, it said, If any man serve me, let him follow me. Let him follow me. In Luke 6, 26, he said, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? Listen, you don't just take Jesus as, as your Savior. He's your Lord. Listen, he's your Lord in the morning. He's your Lord on Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, all through the week, all through the days. I was introduced down a roping pen one time, and the guy said, Hey, Watch out for this guy. He said he's going to back in the box and say a prayer. He's going to look that steer over and he's going to say another prayer. And then he's going to nod his head and he's going to pray all the way down the arena. Anyway, we need to pray. We need to pray. I found out after 39 years of not praying that, that it's men that don't pray. It's men. Men pray. Men pray. Men pray. Galatians 5.13. He says he's called us. Let's just turn there. Galatians 5.13.
For there, for brethren, you have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love service one to another. That's what Jesus did. <clears throat> I don't know if anybody else ever heard of this, but sometimes I call Jesus a fop, F-O-P, because he was always for other people. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He never done anything for himself. He never had a dollar, never had a place to live, didn't have no Cadillacs, didn't have no servants. He was a servant. He was a servant of servants. He taught us how to serve. He taught us how to serve. And in and, and, and 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, uh, we come from idols and serve the Lord. But what's an idol? Well, I'm going to tell you, that team roping was my, my thing, but uh, it could be an idol if you let it get in the way of God. Anything that gets in the way of God is an idol. Anything that gets in the way of God is an idol. I, I, uh, it's not too hard to figure that out. And then the Bible says, and, and let's turn over to, um, to Colossians chapter 3. I want to show you. In Colossians chapter 3, he also, uh, he also uses the same terminology in, in Ecclesiastes, but in chapter 3 of, 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 uh, of Colossians, verse 17, it says, And whatsoever you do in word or do, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by heaven. By the way, that brought up another rabbit. We need to give thanks to God in the hard times as well as in the good. Listen, the good, the good times don't grow you very much. But the hard times will. Hard times will get you out of the bed and, and head you out to the pasture or down to the job or wherever it is you need to go. But them good times will cause you to get soft and lazy. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> also in Colossians, uh, I think it's verse 20, uh, 23, it says, what, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Ephesians 6, 7 says, Serving God and not men. We serve God. Whatever we do, when we reach out to somebody else and help them, uh, we're helping them all right, but we're serving God because that's the only reason I can think of that God left us here to start with is to serve one another. He doesn't need us. If he, he, he wants us. He wants us. You fellows wouldn't want a wife that didn't love you, would you? You wives wouldn't want a husband that didn't love you, and God don't want people that don't love him either. God's love is so strong, he'll love you right into hell. I mean, now, he won't love you into hell, but he'll love you all the way there. God's love is unconditional, even when we mess up. Even when we mess up. Listen, guys, don't worry about that when you mess up, just give it to God because he understands. Don't, 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 don't say, hey, I just got to quit. I'm, I'm just a rotten old guy. Hey, let God work on you. Let God work on you. In God's will, man's heart and actions will agree with the will of God if you just... Get up every morning and, and just give your heart to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. And here's the part that's uh, a little bit harder, suffering. Suffering. He was praying here a while ago. He was talking about a man that was going through some things. Kenneth Jackson, his brother, is uh, laying in ICU with a massive heart attack. His uh, uncle and shot his, 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 his aunt and shot himself because they'd gotten old and weren't able to take care of themselves. Uh, we lost a man not just about a month and a half ago in our church to cancer and losing another one. I've been dealing with it for 14 years. Probably would have been dead hadn't been for that man's mother. It got me to go down to, I know it was her. No, her name was never mentioned, but I know it was her. And it goes to the doctor that I go to. Uh, you know, I thought, he had, I, thought we, I thought he'd heal me, but he, but he didn't. Maybe it's his way of keeping his hand on me. But that's all right. As long as God's hand's on me, it doesn't really matter, I guess. But, 
uh, if you're saved, you're going to suffer. If you're saved, you're going to suffer. Now, sometimes we suffer because of what we do. I preach in the jails, and most of the time those guys are suffering for what they did. Hardest, hardest thing to do with the ones you preach to is getting the gospel from here down to here. They know more about the Bible than I do. Well, that's not very much, but anyway, they know more about the Bible than I do, but to get it out of your head and get it in your heart where it'll work. Hey, if salvation that don't work is not salvation. It's not salvation. I, if we suffer, it says in uh, 2 Timothy, if you want to turn there, you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says, yea, chapter 3, excuse me, verse 12 says, yea, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We're going to suffer. It's, it, it, it's destined. If we can't suffer, listen, the little dab of suffering we're going to do here on earth was nothing compared to what Jesus suffered on the cross. As I was studying that one day in Isaiah 52, uh, it, says, uh, it says that he was marred. And when I studied out the Hebrew, uh, and that marred, that was marred behind, beyond recognition. Now, I don't say he didn't look like a man, but you wouldn't have known what man. He was marred so bad. You know, it, it, it said in the Gospels that there was uh, 12 legions of angels that he could have called on. I'm going to tell you, folks, if it had been me, you'd be in trouble. Because <laughs> I've thought about this a long time, and I read about this. I just read about it this morning in John. I finished reading in John this morning about that crucifixion. Brother, I, I can stand a little bit of pain, but there's a place to say, Daddy, send me some of them angels. I've had enough of this. But he didn't. He didn't. I wonder why. I wonder why he didn't. So many people are going to reject him. Uh, so few of people within church. But the church, of course, is not it. It's not in the church, and it's not in religion either. It's not in religion. It's not in denomination. It's in relationship with God. It's the, it's the relation. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're saved, you're going to want to come to church. You're going to want to be around God's people. I was 39 years old when I got saved. I hadn't been to church in 14 years. I hadn't planned on going to church. I wasn't going to go to church. I, uh, 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 my pastor's father was the pastor where I go now, and he would faithfully for three and a half years knock on my door about two or three times a month. Very nice man, very cordial man, very easygoing man, listened to all the trashy things I had to say, and <clears throat> never, never, ever put me down. And one day as I was driving by that church, God settled down in the seat of that car as I was on my way to work. And I knew, I don't know how, I don't, I, it was God. I knew it was God. Listen, I had it. I, I was on my way up the ladder of the railroad company. I tried to tried to stay on a farm, but between bad decisions and Uncle Sam, or the government, uh, made it necessary for me to go make a living somewhere. But, <laughs> but as I was driving down the road that morning, just a little ways from the church, Jesus settled down in that seat, and he said, man, where you're going is not bad, but it's not what you're going to be, it's not what you want when you get there. And the strange part of it is I believed him. About two days later, December the 15th, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 1976, I was assistant superintendent on the Houston Belt and Terminal Railway, a country boy that didn't have no education, had, had climbed a little bit of a ladder that not usually happens, and I was uh, really proud of myself. And, uh, and uh, the president of the railroad called me to his office about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, now. Uh, uh, to be called to the president's office at 3 o'clock in the afternoon is not where you want to go. You know, I was more nervous to go there than I was to come up here <laughs> because I know what was going to happen here. I didn't know what was going to happen over there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
uh, something fell apart somewhere. And when I got up there and I, the door was open, he was standing with his back to the door, and I, I bumped the door with my knuckles. He said, Bob Kidd. I said, yes, sir. Mr. Griffin, he said, come in here and close the door. <laughs> it, it, it was getting, getting pretty soupy, and he said, he turned around, and his exact words were, Bob, you want to get saved? I said, yes, sir, Mr. Griffin, I want to get saved, and I fell on my knees. That's where I prayed. Actually, got, I, actually I believe I got saved in that car, but I, I made it public, I guess, to him, and that was on a Wednesday. Now, I said all that just to say this. I hadn't been to church in 14 years. I got saved at 3 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. Guess where I was at 7 o'clock at night? Guess where I've been ever since? It's not how we talk. It's how we walk. It's how we do. It's how we treat people. When I was come through here, I always got my payroll, so I didn't pay Todd. I just teach him. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> One Friday, I drawed out a little over $3,000. I cashed the guy's checks because everybody wanted to charge my arm and leg to cash their checks. And so I, I had a little over $3,000 in my truck. I drove for oh, probably two hours around town and <laughs> went down to deliver some invoices. And while I was in there, somebody crashed in the window and took that envelope. Now, I know that it was come for the envelope because I had a 9 millimeter laying right underneath the, it, it, right in plain sight. I said, look, so they, they come and got what they wanted. I called the police, and I walked around here for a while, and I thought, why would I, what, what can they do? If we found it, I couldn't prove it was mine. I'm wasting their time, so I, I called them back. I said, hey, just cancel the, can, cancel the call. And they said, well, our computer says they're turning in down there. Just go ahead and talk to them. So two of these guys come, and one of them got out, and I showed him what happened. I went over to witness to the other, and I was talking to him. And he said, oh, he said, uh, we are policemen, but we, we're also preachers. And the other one come up, and, and I started talking to him, and he said, you don't have to tell me you're a Christian. I knew that when we drove in here. I said, how in the world do you know that? He said, well, you wasn't out there wringing your hands and hollering, oh, can't you do something for me? And God will bless you. Now, I don't know how we got by without that 3,000, but it seemed like we did. It seemed like we did. God, God's got a reason. Take better care of it. In 2 Timothy 2, 12, it says if we suffer, if you turn back just a little bit in two, uh, chapter 2, verse 12, it says... Um, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Suffering is part of the Christian life. In Hebrews 5, 8, it says that Jesus himself uh, learned obedience through the sufferings he had. God himself allowed himself to suffer, to learn obedience to himself. I, I, that, boy, that boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. We can't hardly stand a, 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 a rock in our shoes sometimes. 1 Peter chapter 3, if you want to turn over there. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse uh, 17. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. A while ago I started to talk about uh, some of those guys in jail. Most of them are in there for their own doing, but there's a few. Every now and then you run on to a guy that God's trying to get his attention and he put him down there where he, where he uh, can't go nowhere else. And for a while, and, uh, and I don't know is that, uh, whether I can point any to any particular uh, people or not, but uh, I would say that uh, I offer these fellows an opportunity to be able to get, contact me after they get out. I thought maybe we might start up something uh, to help them because <clears throat> some of them are reluctant to go to church, afraid of whatever might happen. I don't know. And, uh, and um, so I, I give them my, my phone number, and, and, uh, and I, I'll hear from a few of them. Those are the ones that I believe that God got their attention, and they begin to go out here and do something. I, uh, anyway... 
if we're going to if we're going to um, if we're going to be saved, if we're going to receive the salvation, we have to submit. We're going to have to we're going to have to serve. If you don't want to serve, you didn't get it because it's something you want to do. I'm, I guarantee you, folks, if you get get it for a long time, I thought it was just me. It took me a long time to come to these conclusions to say without stuttering, without giving. Don't have, if you did, if you don't want to serve God, you just didn't get it. You need to go check it for yourself. I'm not trying to be mean, but you don't want to wake up in hell thinking you're going to heaven. See, the danger is over in Jude, if you want to turn just a little further in your Bible, we're in Jude <coughs> chapter 1, since there's only one chapter. Verse 20, 22 says, And some have compassion, making a difference, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hanging even the garment spotted by their flesh. Listen, the wino needs to be saved. The prostitute needs to be saved. The drunkard needs to be saved. These homosexuals need to be saved. We live in Sodom over in Houston now. It's run by the Sodomites. Well, I better be careful there. I may have no sheriff in here, is he? God forgive me. I may need that back door. I may need somebody to run a little interference. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. It says, if any man suffer as Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Listen, if you just keep your eyes on him sooner or later, sooner or later, every morning I pray, 1 Peter 5, 5, 7, no, it's 5, uh, 5, I better turn over there, we're that close, 5, yeah, 5, 7, no, excuse me, 6, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Listen, we look at that first part and say, oh, I'm not going to get out of my knees to nobody. Well, I'm not either unless they need it. I mean, I've heard of churches that wash feet, and I'm not against washing feet. If your feet need washing, you can't do it. I wash your feet. But don't come up here with a stinky foot and expect me to do it just to show you I'll do it. <laughs> hey, cowboy logic will tell you better than that, won't it? <laughs> hey, that's common sense. Cowboy logic. Oh, I like that. I'm going to suffer. If you're saved, you're submitted. Listen, don't be afraid to give it to God. He will never, 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 never misuse it, mistreat you in any way. This is the good. If you've got something on your heart that you believe God is guiding you to do, he'll give you confirmation in this book. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. And it really just doesn't make any difference. And I'll tell you what. I'd, if I, back in the days when I was betting, I'd give you two to one odds that Brother Mark would be, he'd, he'd be in it too. God just don't talk to you. God talks to everybody. We have a need at home. Every month, our, our when we went full-time in the ministry and and I, I don't ask nobody for nothing. I don't ask nobody for nothing except God. I, I beg Daddy just like I begged my Daddy when I wanted a bicycle. Daddy, Daddy, you know I need this. And he loves it when you come to him with that kind of passion. God loves you. He loves you, everyone. He loves you, everyone. We need to stay steadfast also. Steadfast. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Says, therefore, brethren, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know 
your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. There's a whole message right there in that verse. Whole message in that verse. <laughs> Hebrews, Hebrews 3. Verse 14 says, For if we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, just hang in there, hang in there. I believe it's Psalm 30 that says, Weeping endureth the night, but joy cometh in the morning. It always comes, it always comes. I guarantee you, by the experience I've had in almost 38 years of being a Christian, I spent a lot of time down on the border going to a cancer clinic. That's one reason I had to give up team roping because I couldn't stay in town long enough to keep my horse from getting too fat. And, and the time I get him ready to go again, well, I have to go make another another treatment. And by the time I got to where I could rope again, God gave me a different kind of, he, 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 changed, he changed me from a cowboy to a, to a sheep herder, I guess you'd say, because that <laughs> a shepherd. Uh, I worked on a ranch for a short time up in Kansas that's where I come from, and I hope I don't hold a, don't don't hold that against me. <laughs> well, you can if you want to. And I was out saddling up one morning, and the boss come out and he said, "Go down and help my brother down there. He bought a, a, a herd of sheep, whatever you call them, a flock of sheep. Go down there and help him shear them sheep." I was twenty years old. I said, "No, sir. This old cowboy not shearing no sheep." And he said, "That cowboy will shear sheep today, or he won't be cowboying here tomorrow." <laughs> so. So I went down, and uh, I like that brand. I'm, 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 I'm for, for riding for the brand, and if you can't, go find you another brand. I think you're a whole lot better off riding for the brand than you are for the money. Best job I ever had. Worked for the best man I ever knew. Stay steadfast to the end. Philippians 4.13 tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 2 Corinthians 12.9, and we don't need to turn there, but, but, um, but Paul was asking, uh, asking God to heal him of his infirmities. Most everybody will pretty much agree that it was his eyesight, but we also know that he was uh, crippled up some. So I don't know, and it really doesn't matter, but he asked God three times. Now, here was a man, I mean, here was a man that, uh, that drove all the apostles out into the world, that he started the whole thing, and then God saved him and made him the greatest preacher in the world has ever seen. And he raised the dead, he healed the sick, uh, he done everything, wrote 13 books in the Bible, he done everything in the world, and he went to God and said, Hey, hey, God healed me. And God said, No, Paul, I ain't going to do it. Boy, I'm going to tell you, I'd have got disappointed, wouldn't you? I'd have got disappointed. And, 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 and he said, No, sir. He said, My grace. He told Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. And besides that, when you're weak, I'm strong. And Paul says, And I'm going to glory in my infirmities. I'm going to glory in my infirmities. Listen, I've got a couple of years on me, and some days I'm so tired, and I get up, I can't hardly walk until I get to the pulpit. It all changes in. Back 16 years old in the body, it does something for you. John 15, 5 says, without Christ, we can do nothing. Without Christ, you listen, you can't even sin without Christ because that's where you get your strength. There's no strength except what God gives you. And he lets you do with it what you want to do with it. He'll never, ever, listen, the devil, he'll try to beat you up and do everything you can. And, and that's how you know it's the devil because he's beating on you. But when it, God starts whispering in your ear with him loving coaxes and and he'll woo you and he'll bring you in. That's the way God that's how you can one way you can tell the difference whether the devil's working on you or it's or it's God, because the devil's got many, many tricks. Two or three times in the Bible it talks about how he, he was able to do miracles. In fact, uh, during the uh, uh, tribulation he's gonna raise the dead even. He's gonna raise the dead. Anyway, 
If you'll turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 22, that's the very last book, the very last chapter, five verses before the very last amen. And by the way, watch out for them people that think they're getting a revelation from God just not out of this book. There's no revelation that we're going to have that don't come out of this book until Jesus comes back again. It's all right here. And, when, uh, and you'll get a, a revelation in a sense of understanding. I'm not saying you won't get any revelation or any understanding, but, but, but if you think you've got something new, uh, yeah, better check it out. Verse 17 says, In the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst Come, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what the color of your skin is. There's only two kinds of people in the world that's saved and lost. There's only two places to go. That's heaven and hell, and there's only one race, the human race. Give your life to Christ. Right here, right here. That's almost, almost begging us just before he closes the book. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Listen, you don't have no life. When I was running around all them honky-tonks, I just thought I had life. I got life. I got life. I drank a little alcohol, but I never, ever got as high as I could get on Jesus. Jesus is the highest high, and uh, you can go to bed at night and sleep, wake up in the morning. Is there anybody in here that's not saved? The Spirit of God is speaking to you. Boy, today's your day. It could be the best day of the rest of your life. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, that you drive out the... Uh, the Spirit of God to drive out the evil spirit, help these folks, whatever their need is. It doesn't have to be salvation, just whatever their need is. Father, open their hearts and let them give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's never too late to come. He never closes the door. But when the rapture happens, it's all going to change, and in three and a half years, the whole system's going to change, according to the Bible. If you need to come, come. Don't delay. Don't delay. I didn't think I wanted to be a Christian either. I couldn't cuss and smoke cigarettes. No, that don't send you to hell. It's not knowing Christ is what sends you to hell. It's not what you wear or what you eat. If you need to, come.
Well, it was a good morning. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Bob. Thank you for being willing to come. That meant a lot, a lot to me. I hope, I hope it was a blessing to, you. hope it was a blessing to you. Now we have something special that we need to do. Blame it on me. No. Nope. Oh, it might have been. Well, it's uh, it's either you or Don. I'm, I'm sure one of the, one of the two. It's probably me. We thank you, brother, for your obedience and bringing the word. Really appreciate it. Thank y'all, everybody, for coming. Miss Mary Wise, would you like to come close us out in prayer, sister? So did everybody enjoy the word? Because that was straight from the Bible. We went surfing this morning, y'all. We went surfing. If you don't know the New Testament by now, you may never, because we went to every book. <laughs> we love you, brother. We appreciate you preaching the word. That's it. That's all we got is the word. That's all we can lean on. Bow your heads, take your hats off, and give the uh, respect to the God, to my Father, please. Father God, I want to thank you for today, Lord, and allowing us to be here freely to worship you, Father. Um, we know that it's not exactly free, that there are men and women that are, that are giving their lives for us, Father, but one man gave his life for all of us, Lord, and he laid down his life and, and was risen again just so that we could live, Father, and I want to thank you. Today, Lord, is my birthday, and I am so thankful that Jesus laid his life down to give, my, give me a life. Lord, I want to thank you for calling me into, into service, Lord, to serve with, with our children and and you, Lord, just allow me to be a vessel to fill me up, Father, to, to teach the word to these children. Thank you for allowing me to be word. To, thank you for choosing me. And, and, and Lord, just um, thinking me worthy to do that. Father, we all fall short of the glory of God. And we all deserve a second chance. Because you said we do. Not really in human life do we deserve it, Father. But you said we do. So each and every person here that thinks that they don't deserve it, Father, they're just as worthy as anybody else sitting next to them. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, I ask that you bless each and every one of them here today, Lord. Lord, I ask that you bless the ones that could not be here today, Lord, and just um, protect them, lead them, and guide them, Lord, especially our pastor as he's out in a, on his little short vacation that he so, de so deserves. Father, just... Um, Today we want to glorify you in everything that we do, Lord, and I ask that each person here go out today and wherever they do, Lord, that they show that show it, shine your light, Jesus, so that it glorifies our Father. That is all he asks us to do. Lord, just do as the pastor told us today. Everything you do, do it for the glory of God. And if you do that, you'll also have joy in your heart. Father, thank you for forgiving us, us of our sins, Lord, and just um, bless our day as we go throughout, Father, and I ask that each and every one of you return here tonight, Lord, in your seat to hear the word of God, 
so that we can go and spread it to the world, Lord, that need it, the hurting world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hold on just a second, y'all. The lambs have something for Miss Mary, so if y'all give us two more minutes, let these little children bless their leader. Sing, youngin', sing. special for Miss Mary from the Lamb Center. It's not only from the teachers that are over there, but it's also from the kids that are over there because you are so special over there. And you're so full of the Word of God. And our kids go over to the youth and they know exactly who God is. And they go out into their schools and they tell them about God because they started in the Lamb Center. And without you, they wouldn't be able to do that. And we just want to present you with this birthday gift from all of us. It's um, something special from all of us. Guys, we want to... Thank y'all for staying and doing this because my wife, and it's not to glorify my wife, but she dedicates her whole life to these kids, whether she's here, at home, at school, whatever. She's here for them. This is a T-shirt blanket that we've all... Um, decorated on different t-shirts that the kids and the teachers have all decorated and Miss Mary E sewed it together for us and uh, it's just something to remind her of how special she is. We love you mom. Thank you all. You guys are so special to Miss Mary. I love each and every single one of you and you parents. Thank you for allowing them to come to us. Amen. Thank you for trusting us. It means a lot. Thank you. Uh, I got one extra thing since everybody's here. Um, yesterday was kind of a bad day for me because I was trying to find something for my wife. 
And if y'all know, I own an automotive shop. And generally, I have five, six, eight cars sitting there that I can go do something. Well, yesterday, I had two cars but no keys. One motorcycle couldn't ride because it was pouring down rain. So my wife didn't understand why I was giving her such a harsh treatment yesterday. It's because I couldn't go get what I wanted to get her. So I had my daughter go get it this morning. And basically what it is, because y'all can't see it, it's a heart. And one of them is a bracelet, one is a necklace. And it says, two hearts forever one. And I just want my wife to know that my heart is always with her. I love you, baby. And that's it. We thank y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed the service, and maybe the band could rock us out of here. <laughs>